to give a little context to those snores, <laughs> my dog Paxton loves being next to me when I'm recording podcasts, but I think he falls asleep to the sound of my voice, which could be taken as a compliment or an insult. Either way, if you hear snoring, I promise it's not me, it's my dog. Let's get started. This is episode two of Wayward Experiences of the Canada Traveler, and hopefully you tuned in to the first episode where I talked about my first experience solo traveling. Today, I'm going to be going back and revisiting what I've been doing the past few years on the 4th of July. Before I really dig deep into what I was doing on the 4th of July in 2018 and 19, I want to talk a little bit about the goal that I set for myself back in 2017. I spent two years in Asia, and when I moved home back to Canada, the first thing I did was I bought a car, and I made sure it had an unlimited kilometer warranty because I knew I was going to be driving. Never before in my life had I had the freedom in Canada to travel and do things on my own. Never before had I had such a reliable vehicle that I could drive places and not worry about breaking down on the highway. And the last thing was never before had I been free of, how do you say, I guess, obligations for such a long amount of time, you know? So... All of that created a perfect storm for me to finally get to experience some of the United States. And in 2017, the first thing I wanted to see was Yellowstone National Park. It ended up being an awesome road trip. At the end of that trip, it was about two and a half weeks in August of 2017. I came home and I was thinking to myself, this, I need to do this again. It has to be a continual thing because there's so many states and so many national parks and there grew my goal of hiking in all at that time there's only 59 but hiking in all of the 59 US national parks right now in 2020 there's 62 national parks so they keep on adding to the list and I'm like oh I haven't finished the 59 yet but regardless it became a tradition as soon as school was done in July or in August, I would plan a big trip. I would plan it so that I can hit some of the national parks and then visit some of my friends. And that's what I've been doing for the past few years. Obviously, this summer is a little bit different, but that's why I'm taking on a new project of starting this podcast. All right. July 4th, 2018 culminated in me camping across the street from the beach on the Oregon coast, witnessing literally the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. And this is me saying it was way prettier than any of the ones I've seen in tropical countries like Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, Mexico. This one on the Oregon coast was unbelievable. I'll get to that later. What I'm going to start with are all of the missteps that brought me to that one campground that had, thank goodness, one site left on the 4th of July. So let's go back a little bit. We have to go back to the start of the trip. Why was I even in the area? Like I had said earlier, this road trip to the United States became an annual tradition. So the second year into it, 
summer of 2018, I left as soon as my school year was finished. So I was gone. I barely even planned a route. I just knew I wanted to be in Seattle. Now, Seattle holds a very special place in my heart. It is the home of the MLB team, Major League Baseball, the Mariners. I'm sure many of you know them. And I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, why the heck would a Canadian person like the Seattle Mariners? It doesn't even matter that I'm Canadian and I like them. It's just who actually likes the Seattle Mariners? That's the big question. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I love baseball. You know, someone introduced me to it a few years ago, I think back in like 2014. Uh, no, sorry, 2016. But the Mariners are literally one of the worst teams in all major league sports in North America. So out of the NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB, they are the team that has had the longest dry run of making it to the playoffs. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. That's 19 years. So yeah, they suck. It makes no sense. I don't know why I like them. But I love Seattle and I love the Mariners. So I made it my goal to get to Seattle to watch the 4th of July series. They were playing against um, the LA Angels and it was cool. I got to see Mike Trout play he was not on top of his game, so we actually, the Mariners, won the first two games in the series, and a Safeco field chant came out, and it was, Trout is out. It was great. Got to be a part of that. But I decided to end my Seattle portion of the trip a little bit early. I knew they were going to win the series because they had already won two games, and I decided to leave on the 4th of July the next morning, so I ended up that night after the baseball game, I was in my hostel trying to find a campground. I knew I wanted to drive the PCH from Oregon. So as soon as I get into Oregon, I would hit Astoria, then down to Cannon Beach. And then I was trying to find a campground around there. You know, I check all the state parks, some areas near Astoria, uh, E. Cola State Park, just right outside of Cannon Beach. Nothing. It didn't really dawn on me that it was the 4th of July weekend, one of the busiest camping weekends of the whole summer in the United States. So here I am, twiddling my thumbs, trying to get a reservation somewhere. Of course, I get myself into this situation of, where am I going to sleep when I'm in Oregon? Eventually, I find a spot a little bit north of Newport, Oregon, and it's called Whaler's Rest RV and Campground. Sweet. They had one tenting spot left and I called and I was like, I just need it for the night. And she was like, I can hold it for you as long as you make it in before we close. The second kind of misstep I took was not even a misstep on my part, but it definitely was very worrisome. So the reason it was so worrisome was because I got pulled over. This was the first time I was dealing with an American police officer and I had no idea what to do. What happened was after I was done my sightseeing in Astoria, I was driving down to Cannon Beach. So I'm going south on the Pacific Coast Highway and I go through this town called Seaside. And from the highway portion to the town portion, the speed limit went from 55 miles an hour to about 15 miles per hour. And that's 25 kilometers per hour from highway speeds of about 95 kilometers. 
that's very slow. I didn't want to get pulled over, so I'm going the speed limit and literally doing nothing wrong. The people in front of me, it actually went from two lanes to one lane in the town as well. So the people in front of me are going fast, faster than the speed limit. But I, in my head, Elise, you are not getting pulled over. This is the one thing that you're not going to do. I said that to myself. I stuck to that 25 kilometers per hour. Great. There's a car behind me. It's a black SUV and it is tailing me so hard to the point that I thought if I were to actually stop, he would hit me. So I'm going this speed limit. I can tell he wants to get past me. Whatever, American drivers, Canadian drivers, we're all the same. No one wants to be stuck behind a slow car. So I move over and there's a bike lane and a little bit before the curb. So I move over and let him pass. In my head, that's what I'm doing. And then I see that it's a police officer behind me. So he turns on his lights and pulls me over, which I guess that's still the right term. I was already pulled over on my own accord. And I just stop. You know, I take out my license and registration. I put two hands on the wheel and he comes to my window. Ma'am, do you know you were, you were swerving? I look at him and I said, sorry, officer, I just thought you wanted to pass me. You were driving very close to me. And he kind of looked shocked that someone would say that, which I think is hilarious because that's the honest truth. And then he looks at me and he's a little bit, you know, stuffy. And he says, are you drunk? I look and I'm like, it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm not drunk. (laughs) Then he goes and he looks again. And he's kind of leaning into my window now. Are you high? So just if you guys didn't know, marijuana is legal in the state of Oregon. And I, again, look at him. No officer. I'm not. And I'm like, I'm still holding my license and registration. He didn't take it yet. And I just tried to explain myself a second time. You were just following very close to me and I pulled off to the side I was going the speed limit and it seemed like you wanted to pass me. So after I explained it, I wasn't trying to be rude, but I did a second explanation. He kind of eased off a little bit (laughs) and he just looks and he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't realize like he finally took my license. You're from Canada. And I said, yeah, like I didn't really know where he was going with it. And he said, It's the 4th of July here, and there's a lot of people, a lot of young people that drink and drive, especially in the beach towns like Seaside. So I understood. I kind of understood why he pulled me over. But in my head, I was like, what a dick. He was tailgating me and then pulls me over for letting him pass. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Again, I told you that misstep, this second misstep was not even my fault. He let me go. There was no warning or anything. He just said, thanks for driving the speed limit. Enjoy your time in the United States. Great. Cool. (laughs) Scared the crap out of me. Again, my first time dealing with an American cop and I'm being accused of driving drunk and driving high. Not cool. I got to Cannon Beach and it turned from like sunny-ish and seaside to overcast 
And I do this thing where I always, whenever I go to Cannon Beach, I stop and I always walk to Haystack Rock. So Haystack Rock is this huge rock coming out of the beach and Cannon Beach is very, very sandy, really nice to be on, but I'd never seen it sunny until actually 2019 when I visited. Anyways, I was walking and (laughs) there's this like group of people gathered around the shoreline, I guess, and you know, there's kids yelling and I kind of walk past and there's a jellyfish on the beach. So this jellyfish is, I'm assuming it's still alive. I mean, it's kind of still moist, whatever. That's a gross word. I'm sorry. And no one wants to touch it. I don't want to touch it either. Like, that's not really my thing. But I don't know. Out of nowhere, I kind of was like, oh, great idea. I take off my flip flops. And I use them as like tongs. So I pick up the jellyfish and I walk into the ocean and like let it free. (laughs) And everyone's clapping for me like I'm this hero. (laughs) And I just remember feeling like I did an amazing thing that day. And I showed how great Canadians could be. That was just my ego shining through. No one knew I was Canadian. But I was like on such a high after getting pulled over by a police officer. I was like, see, look, I'm doing so good. And I'm doing such good things for the <laughs> for the U.S. <laughs> okay. Like I said, there are a few missteps, some weird scenarios I got myself into. But eventually I get to this campground. So again, it was, I think it's called Whaler's Rest. And I set up my tent, you know, it's very nice. If you guys are ever close to Newport, Oregon, definitely stop in. It's a beautiful site. And right across the street is this state park, right across the highway, more like it, It is called Lost Lost Creek State Park. I thought it was a creek and, you know, on the map, it looked like it was right across the street from a beach and I'm like, uh, maybe it's not that nice. So I take my bike off my car and I just bike down the highway a little bit and cross to where like the sign is. And obviously I can't bike on the beach. So I leave my bike at the bottom of this grassy area and I look and it is the, like, it's so nice. The sand is fine. It's white sand. You know, it's a little bit warm from the sun. And at this point it was a little bit later into the evening, probably like 839, So I go and I'm doing my journaling on the beach because I made it my goal to journal my day every day when I'm on these road road trips and the sun starts to set. You know, there's a few pockets of people around the beach, but no one's going crazy. I'm sure they're drinking, having fun. You know, it's their patriotic celebration, but no one was being obnoxious. And then as the sun starts to set, I look to the clouds and it is cotton candy clouds, you know, pink contrasting against the blue, the sky turns a little bit purple. So, so pretty. You know, I watched that for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then I decide to head back to the campground. I'm like, okay, it's going to get dark soon. I don't want to be too far away. And as I'm walking back to my bike, I look back at the sun on the horizon. Remember, Oregon is West Coast, so the sun is setting like over the horizon and it is like a bright flash of red light the sunset 
goes wild it's crazy so obviously i go back and i find a spot and i'm watching for the rest of it people are, are now setting off fireworks this was an amazing way to spend the 4th of July, regardless of how many blunders it took to get to that campground and that specific beach. Before I move on to 2019, I want to outline what I was able to cover in my road trips in the previous two years. So in two summers, 2017-2018, I actually ended up doing three road trips, one in 2017 and two in 2018. In those three road trips, I was able to visit a lot of cities and a lot of national parks and monuments, preserves in Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Wyoming, and Montana. So 2019 was a little bit different. It was the longest road trip I was planning by far. I was going for four weeks and I had two really hefty goals. One was to reach the southernmost point of the continental United States, which is Key West, Florida, and the most northeastern point. I mean, I hit the most northeastern state, which is Maine, but I didn't get to the very tip of Maine. Let's continue on and talk about July 4th, 2019 and where I was in the United States at that time. I started my day off in Colorado and I ended my day off in New Mexico. So on July 3rd, I had visited Great Sand Dunes National Park and I camped right outside of the national park on a free campground. I used this great website that I'm still using today and it's called freecampgrounds.net and I felt really safe, you know, it was the first time that I was using a location on this website and I used a few since then, but this one was probably the best one, you know, there was fire pits already there, there was, I could have gone into a forested area, but I ended up staying in an open field. I got some great pictures of the horizon, the sun didn't really set fully. The next morning, I woke up, packed up my stuff, and I wanted to make it to Santa Fe. There was one museum I wanted to visit, and it's called Meow Wolf. I was unable to get uh, an entry time prior to getting there, so I left really early. It was a three-hour drive to Santa Fe, and when I got there, the lineup was already wrapped around the building. It would have been at least an hour and a half. So I made the decision to not wait and to just continue on. So my next stop was Roswell, New Mexico. I do kind of regret not staying or going and doing more around Santa Fe because in my head, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have the opportunity to come back. It just might not be now for a few years. So moving on, on the highway to Roswell, there was this one truck stop, or it was, you know, it was a huge rest stop. It was called Klein's Corner, and it was a huge gift shop. There were restaurants, and I didn't really need to gas up my car, but I was in the middle of the desert, and it was a little bit unnerving for me because even though I had been to deserts before, there's nothing in New Mexico. It's kind of like... If you're Canadian and listening, it's kind of like Saskatchewan, just desert instead of prairies. I went to the gas station and <laughs> the machine isn't working with my Canadian debit card. So I have to go into the store. And as I go into the store, 
a person accosts me, a man, and he starts talking to me, I'm very friendly until I'm not or until something like pushes me in the wrong direction. Actually, I was just talking to my roommate today and she was talking about a self-defense course that she took. The teacher taught her about green situations, yellow situations, and red situations. So like a stoplight. And he definitely put me in the yellow area. I was unsure about why he was talking to me. And he started asking for money. And he said he was trying to get to Boston. And I'm like, dude, that's a really far... <laughs> I'm going there, but I'm taking like three and a half weeks to get there. So he says he has to be in Boston in two days and he doesn't have enough money for gas. I don't have any money on me. Even if I did, I'd probably only be able to spare a few dollars. He just didn't present himself very well because he got into my personal bubble and started waving his arms at me when I told him I actually didn't have any cash on me. Anyways, he kind of scared me, so I just got into my car. <laughs> and drove away because he was like, I don't know. As a single female traveler, it just really didn't feel good to be approached by a male being asked for money. And when I was unable to fulfill his request, he got a little bit threatening. So I just drove off. Now, I drove off from that gas station or from that rest stop, and I was driving south to get to... Roswell. And as I'm driving, I notice all of a sudden I drove off so fast I forgot to put on my gas cap and close my gas tank door. So I pull off to the side of the highway. It's like three lanes. It's an interstate, so three lanes each way. And there's no one on the highway. You know, very, very spread apart. Not a lot of people in this state. So I pull over and I'm screwing in my gas cap, close my door. And a truck is approaching or coming up, not even approaching. He's going highway speeds, the opposite direction going north. And he, he's in the inner lane, so the closest to the meridian. And he literally stops in the middle of the highway. And <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? I have no idea. He stops in the fast lane on an interstate and he rolls down his window and he catcalls me. What kind of people do this? So this is now my second instance of being in New Mexico and being accosted and feeling so uncomfortable. I just, I literally got into my car, drove away so fast and tried to put it out of my mind. I finally arrive in Roswell and it is scorching hot. It must have been at least 42 or 43 degrees Celsius and just you could see heat waves coming off of the road at this point. So I drive in and the town is so busy. I was stuck in traffic and Roswell, New Mexico has less than like 8,000 people that reside in it. So I'm wondering what all of this traffic is. And I put my Google Maps to the International UFO Museum. <laughs> One of the main things I wanted to see was not all of the beautiful landscape in New Mexico. It wasn't any of the hikes in Santa Fe. It wasn't any of the cuisine. It was literally aliens. I wanted to go to Roswell to see aliens <laughs> or to see the museum. 
What I didn't realize was it was the 4th of July. I'd been camping. I wasn't looking at a calendar. I wasn't really paying attention to the date. I had arrived in Roswell on the 4th of July, and every single year they host the International UFO Convention on the 4th of July. So as I'm driving into town, I'm stuck in traffic, and I see people walking around full on, dressed like aliens. There's people wearing tinfoil hats, and I'm thinking, this is insane. This is actually insane. I thought this was a normal day until I got to the museum. When I got there, it was very cheap entry. The museum itself, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. You can kind of expect it to be not the greatest. But I go to the museum, you know, there's a lineup outside the door, and I finally get in, and I'm I kind of ask, what's going on? What's so, why is there so many people here? Why are people wearing tinfoil hats? Is this like normal for Roswell? And the receptionist or whoever is ringing me in for my ticket says, well, no, you're, it's the International UFO Convention. Aren't you here for that? And, <laughs> and me being the stupid Canadian, no, like, I just wanted to come see some aliens. And they're like, you're in the right place. <laughs> So I go through this museum, and it's so funny. The vendors that are set up trying to sell their books on UFO conspiracies and props from the movie Roswell. And there's this one. I have an Instagram story, and my colleague from work, my friend from work, she actually pointed it out. There's a picture from Calgary. So it's a very blurry picture. It must have been 1960-something. In the little caption, it says, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, UFO spotted in the sky. And it's this little blob, black blob in the sky, and there's a little string coming down or a vertical thing and then something at the very bottom. And my colleague said to me when she saw this story, she said, you should probably tell them that's like a firefighting helicopter. <laughs> and I thought about it. And it's so true. It's they're carrying the water and it's a helicopter carrying the water over the forest. So someone just got a really grainy picture, submitted it. So Calgary Albertans, you guys are famous down in Roswell, New Mexico. You guys have a whole area of real-life spotted UFOs. <laughs> okay, so I actually had to do some things in Roswell. I love having a shower every single day, so I did this back when I was at uh, Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado. I'd stayed there for two or three nights, I think two nights, and I found a rec center and just paid the fee and I showered. This is pre-COVID, so I was, you know, all gung-ho of using a public shower. And I found out that the rec center had just opened in Roswell. And I was like, oh, that's great. Whatever. Paid the fee. And it was so busy like I said, super hot. I feel like every local family in Roswell actually went to the rec center every single day. It was jam-packed full of kids. So my shower was, I was in my bathing suit, literally had to be so quick. And it was, everyone stared at me like I was crazy. I actually had to clean out my car. I had dinner in Roswell. And then I continued on. My goal for the night was to end up right outside of Carlsbad Caverns. The caverns, the tours and entrance, they actually closed at about 5 p.m. So I wanted to stay overnight and start really early the next day. And Carlsbad Caverns are really, they're gorgeous. Um, I have a lot of science stuff on them. But 
I did the thing. I did the thing where I didn't book a campground for the 4th of July and I played it by ear. You'd think that, Elise, this is your fourth big road trip. You're going to book campgrounds. No, I didn't. So I was stuck trying to find one. So there's KOAs, the campgrounds of America. I stopped in at one outside of Carlsbad, which is also a town, and they were completely full. I'm looking, I'm using their internet or using their connection there and trying to find if there was any others. Everything is full. And all of the hotels, it's the 4th of July. All of the hotels are ridiculously priced, like 140 US dollars. I don't have that in my budget to spend in New Mexico. I go back to that website, freecampgrounds.net, and I find one off the side of the highway. It's dark now. I get to this campground, so Carlsbad Caverns, the entrance is maybe like three kilometers north of this free campground and I turn left I'm going south I turn left and I was super creeped out it's dark at night I had already had two really negative experiences with people in New Mexico and I just needed to sleep I needed that night to be over it was honestly like the aliens in Roswell being able to see that seeing the international convention that was like the highlight of my day but everything else that I experienced was so, honestly, it made me so uncomfortable. In some instances, I felt worried. I was in that yellow zone and scared. So I get to this spot and I just park. I see there's one car and they set up their tent. I didn't. I didn't want to be outside. I was maybe a kilometer off the highway. I could see the lights from the highway still. And it was hot. So I stayed in my car. I essentially just put like a sheet over me. I had to wake up every hour to turn on my AC because I didn't want to leave my windows open. I thought I was going to die. Everything that brought me to that campground, that was the only time I was actually scared to be camping. Because I was right off the highway, because it was the middle of the desert I didn't see where I was because I got there after dark everything was just telling me like something's gonna go wrong so I had a very uncomfortable in and out sleep you know I also didn't want to have my windows open because there's like scorpions and shit and snakes it's the desert I don't really know the ecosystems very well so but I do know that there's very dangerous animals I wake up and it's July 5th and I survived I ended up going to McDonald's you know getting coffee in the Carlsbad town which was maybe 10 kilometers away go to Carlsbad caverns and I had a bunch more negative experiences with the people in New Mexico now, the thing is, I want to go back and I want to change my perception of that. But if anyone were to ask me, I think New Mexico is beautiful. I think there's so much to see and so much to do for a visitor. But so all of the interactions with people I had were so bad that that's kind of all I remember. And the aliens, because the aliens are hilarious. I have... A photo booth picture of me with an alien like being friends with it it's great 
after I did Carlsbad Caverns that day, I drove about 30 minutes south into Texas, and I ended up visiting Guadalupe Mountains National Park. They're actually part of the same system, just in two different states. And then I drove nine and a half hours to Austin. I needed to be around people. That night camping on the side of the highway in New Mexico was probably the worst experience I had in four weeks of travel last summer. And in the end, it was totally my fault. It was my fault for not being planned again on the busiest camping day of the whole summer. And wrapping this whole podcast up, the reason I'm telling two stories is because there were things that happened on both days in 2018 and in 2019 that could have gone extremely bad. And in one case, it really actually ended up going pretty badly. Overall, it just means that I'm able to take those experiences and learn from them, hopefully. As you can already tell, I don't actually learn from my own experiences very well, but my goal for this is that you learn from my experiences. Book your campgrounds, make sure you're going the speed limit, don't drive drunk or high, I mean, that's a given, and just... Keep your wits about you, especially if you're a solo traveler, as I so often am when I'm driving through the States. Make sure that if you feel like you're in an uncomfortable situation, get out of that situation as fast as you can because you might be catcalled across the highway or you might be accosted and then threatened for not giving out money at a gas station. Or you might actually run into a bunch of people pretending they're aliens. Who knows? What I do know is that I really enjoyed talking through these two stories because of how different they were. In 2018, I ended my 4th of July on such a good note, watching a beautiful sunset, journaling, even though I had a weird way of getting there. But then last year, 2019, I was able to see something I wanted to see, but So many of my interactions gave me such a negative vibe that I actually felt unsafe and uncomfortable with the situation that I put myself in. The takeaway from this is no matter how much experience you have traveling, travel can be the best thing that happens to you or you might have to deal with some of the bad things that come up and adapt to them. Join me next week when I take a little bit of a different route for episode three, and I don't talk specifically about traveling, I talk more about my time living in Hong Kong, specifically on Lama Island. See you guys then!